0: In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. From the Gospel. Render, therefore, to Caesar the things that are Caesar's, and to God the things that are God's. From 1 John chapter 4. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. From Henry Nouwen. Every time I take a step in the direction of generosity... I know that I am moving from fear to love. One of our biggest obstacles to growth is fear. Whether it is growth in the Christian life, or growth in a particular skill, physical growth, or any kind of movement from a place of stagnancy to a place of development that requires a change in us produces some kind Of anxiety and fear why because growth requires change and we do not like to change if we desire to grow in the area of our personal health it means that we must change our habits our expectations and our simple day-to-day routines while they are not synonyms growth and change are related And both can produce fear for those of us who get stuck in unhealthy patterns of thinking and behavior. We can think of change in terms of heading in a new direction, taking a new path. And we can see growth as the process of that change over time. Ongoing change that produces fruit is growth, and growth requires sacrifice. If you decide you're going to change from not walking every day to walking 30 minutes a day, this change will produce growth in your physical abilities and overall health. And it will be difficult at first. If you decide that you're going to practice prayer and silence for 15 minutes a day, some changes will be required of you to allow for this. And in time, you will experience growth In your ability to be still and hear God's voice. The Bible speaks of growth organically, using metaphors both from agriculture and athletics, both of which are ventures where proficiency and excellency require a great deal of time, hard work, patience, stability. And usually you don't see the effects of those uh, behaviors for someone in agriculture, farming, or sports, unless it's over time, way down the road. In our consumer culture, we are used to getting desired outcomes immediately. Why need pizza dough, milk a cow, slaughter a pig, when you can order a pizza and have it delivered in 30 minutes? We, if we want a book or a song, we can download it instantly to our phones. And I do appreciate these conveniences of the modern world. All of our modern blessings have subconsciously taught us to skip the action of change, the process of growth, and stability that will have a fruitful and lasting impact. In other words, our modern life is antithetical to sacrifice because sacrifice is not efficient. If there is one spiritual discipline that has an almost immediate effect on the Christian, it is tithing to your local church. It is here that our faith is challenged to have a place and a shape. When we tithe, we are no longer generally Christians or Christians at large, but we are Christians in a particular place and in a particular time. It also forces us to think about commitment, as Bishop Scarlett likes to often say, commitment is not a virtue of our time. In tithing, we are not simply giving charitably to causes we like in particular and in areas of our own choosing, but we are sacrificing to God the first portion of what he has given us with no demands on how God uses it. Tithing is not glamorous like other types of giving. It is simple and behind the scenes. This sacrifice follows the biblical pattern of the tithe and is the closest thing we can come to knowing what it means to have to slaughter your own heifer or bull or goat. If you are living in the ancient Near East and you are preparing for winter, you didn't have a refrigerator in your garage to store that extra meat for when you, know, you, you didn't have any more. But you might have had some extra animals, keep them together to keep them warm. And yet in worship, the faithful would sacrifice these animals to God. And I bet it was painful. The children, or the spouse might have been saying, but what if we go hungry? Where, where will our food come from? It shows us that in tithing, God is teaching us dependence on him. For many of us, it does not get more personal than our personal finances. I imagine and know that many of us are under a great deal of financial stress with bills, mouths to feed that keep coming, and debts of all kinds to pay off. Thinking about all of these things and our money is anxiety-producing, but it also gives us the illusion that we are in complete control of our lives. When we give sacrificially, we are reminded in a real, intangible way that everything we have comes from God. I know this has been a personal experience in my family. As Father Andrew Damick said, and I just love this quote, so I wanted to read the whole thing, he said, this is why I need to tithe, why I need to sacrifice, sacrifice 10% of what I've received back to God for his use as ministry. When I tithe, I am taking responsibility for myself, for my feelings of inadequacy about money and possessions, for my feelings of blame for other people. When I tithe, I am sacrificing so that I can be exercised of that reactivity, that addiction. Earlier I said that the discipline of tithing has a greater initial impact on the giver than the recipient because it forces the giver to reorient her life toward God in a new and profound way. A way that often hurts and makes the giver uncomfortable. But this is how growth works. Growth is painful. Have you not heard the phrase, growing pains? Or do you remember the TV show? When we start a new exercise routine, the first few days, the first few weeks, and even the first few months are not fun. It takes a while for those new changes to become habits, and in time, those habits produce growth. You might be wondering, what is a tithe? It's a word we throw around without definition. If we grew up in a church setting, we might be familiar with the phrase tithes and offerings. These are, in fact, two separate things. A tithe is a tenth of the produce of the earth, or a tenth of what God has given to us. And in the Old Testament, interestingly enough, there were three types of tithes. The Levitical tithe, which was for the worship. The second tithe was a pilgrimage tithe where if you were a faithful Israelite, you would travel in these feasts, and that required funds and resources. So it was a tithe that you would use. And lastly, there was a tithe for the poor in the land. Offerings were gifts above and beyond the tithe, such as special needs and special projects, such as money for missions or buildings or other special needs. Since the tithe was essentially a form of tax in the Old Testament, and we do not consider these types of Old Testament laws to be binding on Christians, some will argue that the tithe is no longer necessary. However, the principle of the tithe serves as a baseline for giving in the New Testament. Jesus himself endorsed the tithe as he was rebuking the Pharisees, who rightly tithed but neglected the more important matters of justice, mercy, and faithfulness. Jesus ends his critique towards the Pharisees, quote, You should have practiced the latter without neglecting the former. That is, you must attend to both, the tithe and the weightier matters of the law. We talk about tithing today in the context of worship because worship itself is sacrifice. Today in the Eucharist, we are called to offer up ourselves, that is, to sacrifice the totality of who we are to God and to unite our sacrifice to Christ's sacrifice. And in the Eucharist, God takes our sacrifice, he blesses it and gives it back to us so that we may faithfully serve him and our neighbors with what he has given us. If you have been a Christian for some time and tithing is not something you have participated in, Do not fear, you are not here to be condemned. We are called to give not out of fear or guilt, but as Father Hayden pointed out last week, out of gratitude. Remember, giving is a sacrifice, and for a sacrifice to have an impact on us, it must be painful in some way. Do not try to run the marathon of the Christian life without preparation and planning. As we approach Advent, which is the beginning of the Christian year, it is right to rethink our lives, to rethink our life of prayer, to rethink our spiritual disciplines. It is a time to think, what might I do differently in the coming year? Pray that God might show you different areas of your life that you need to work on in areas that you need to growth. If you are married, pray with your spouse about how you can plan to make sacrificial giving a part of your family's spiritual disciplines. If you incorporate this practice into your life, I can guarantee it will not be easy. But we did not wake up this morning and get ready to come to church because we thought it was something easy to do. We are here because we have all been given the gift of salvation, experienced in this community, And we are all awaiting the culmination of our salvation in the life of the world to come. As Jesus said in Luke 6, quote, Give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you give, it will be measured back to you. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Amen.